Hello, this is Frank. And this is Bobby. And you're listening to the audio portion of our TV program, An Overcoming Life. This is a program of anointed teaching and overcoming testimonies. If you want to be blessed, then keep listening to this program once a week. Please let us know if you were inspired by the program. Our address is P.O. Box 53, Tallahassee, 32302. And our email is intercedingprayer at yahoo.com. Welcome again to An Overcoming Life. And we pray we have some words of encouragement today that will help you have an overcoming life. Bobby, what's the word for today? Well, the Lord laid on our heart to talk about mountain-moving faith. Mm -hmm. You know, God is moved by faith, not our whining, complaining, or begging. We're not children. We don't have to whine, beg, plead, or complain. God wants us to to have what we need and have the desires of our heart, too. You don't need to have a large amount of faith for Him to, to meet you at the point of your need. Matthew seventeen twenty, it says, Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, we all have faith, so don't think God's left you out. Romans 12, 3 said, God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, it says, she talks about the faith of a mustard seed. Well, a mustard seed is the size of a small poppy seed. My goodness, that's small, isn't it? I, I know that they put poppy seeds on rolls sometime when you get them. You want to mm-hmm. think that a mustard seed is the size of a little old poppy seed. But that's all you need. Just think about what Jesus says in Matthew. Just think about that. You don't have to have a large amount of faith, a whole lot of faith for God to hear you and answer you. We need to resist things that would tear our faith down, though. You have to build your faith up. You have a responsibility to do that. Good teaching, reading the Word of God, and prayer, that can help to build up your faith. Prayer. Spending time talking to God with reverence and putting Him in remembrance of His promises. Don't go around speaking doubt and unbelief. That's going to keep your faith from growing. Frank and I love the mountains. We love to go to the mountains. And uh, there's one particular mountain that we really like. It's the highest one. What is it? Clings. Well, we went on our honeymoon and oh, oh. snowed. Uh, yeah, it was in Georgia. It's called Brasstown Bald. Brasstown Bald. That is a <coughs> big mountain. And, For Georgia. Uh, <laughs> as I was preparing this message, I thought about that. Mountain moving faith. 
We don't have to have the faith of the size of that mountain for our prayers to be heard and answered. Praise God, we don't. We can all, I think, have poppy seed faith if we try. The mountains are so beautiful. You can have a problem, you can have a need or a desire that can seem as big as the mountain that I told you about. You know that this can only be solved, this problem, this need. It can only be solved by God intervening. So, you say, how do I get him to intervene? Well, in order for you to have the manifestation of his provision in your physical life, you must receive it by faith. How do you stir up your faith? Romans 10, 17 says, So faith cometh by hearing the word of God. You know, when you're making a cake, what you put in the cake is what comes out of the cake. So you put eggs and flavoring and maybe make a sour cream, good sour cream pound cake. You put all this in and then you will reap the benefits of what you have put in. Well, if you put the Word of God in you and meditate on it, you're going to reap out of it what God says because God's a God of His Word. And if you meditate on what He says and you believe it and you speak it, your faith will rise. Faith cometh by hearing the Word of God. Faith comes when we focus our attention on His Word. Unbelief comes when we focus our attention on negative things. Things that the doctor might say or people might say or even the situation. If we consider and ponder the negative things that will block the manifestation of what we want and need. The key is to learn how to decrease the unbelief. This is very true. I know I've received some reports just like you probably have of some negative things. Uh, and I decided that I could either believe what the Word of God says and confess it, or either I can believe what the negative report from the doctor. I decided to believe Christ. I decided that He's a God of His Word. And I pray you'll decide to do that too. Well, how do, you, how do I get that kind of faith, you might say? Well, let's look at Abraham. Abraham's faith. Romans 4, 18 through 21. Frank, will you share that with us? Okay. Romans, Romans 4, 18 through 21. And I'll be reading from the Living Bible. Romans 4, 18. So... When God told Abraham that he would give him a son who would have many descendants and become a great nation, Abraham believed God, even though such a promise just couldn't come to pass. And because his faith was strong, he didn't worry about the fact that he was too old to be a father at the age of 100, and that Sarah, his wife, at 90 was also much too old to have a baby. But Abraham 
never doubted. He believed God, for his faith and trust grew even stronger, and he praised God for this blessing even before it happened. So he was completely sure that God was well able to do anything he promised. Abraham believed if God said it, he'll do it. I don't know if I could have believed that uh, at that age, if it was me, that I would ever have a child. I mean, he was 100 years old, and Sarah was 90. 90. I mean, at that age, it's totally impossible unless it is God. But Abraham refused to think negative. If God said it, he'll do it, and I'm going to have a baby. He made up his mind to believe what God told him. Abraham was telling the devil, friends, to shut up. God said it, I believe it, and I'll not think otherwise. And that's what I decided to do with the negative report. I'm going to believe what God said and tell the devil to shut up. How about you? You can, you know. You just make up your mind you're going to believe what God said. We need to stop thinking, doubting, and listening to what God has not told us. Hebrews 11.1 Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Something is not faith until you see it with your heart. You can get to the point where what you see with your heart, inspired by the Word of God, and quickened by the Holy Spirit, is more real to you than what you see with your own natural eyes and what you feel in your body. It's more real than that. This is true because I've experienced it. Faith speaks. The woman with the issue of blood spoke and said, if I may but touch his clothes, I'd be made whole. Then she put action behind her words by acting on what she believed. It would have done her no good to say what she said if she hadn't followed through with the action. She had to get up, get out of the house, and press through the crowd to touch him of his garment. James 2.21 tells us that faith without corresponding actions is dead. Now, Andrew Warmack, he's uh, somebody that Frank and I really like his books and liked his teachings, and we get a blessing out of it. He has a very good book called The Power of Your Imagination. Your imagination is the process or power of forming a mental image of something not real or present. It's the ability to see with your mind what you cannot see with your eyes. We use our imagination and don't even realize that we use it. We use it to remember where we parked our car and to give someone directions. Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is not vision, the people perish. Vision or image in your imagination 
gives you hope. It will keep you going. It will sustain you when everything around you seems contrary. Our life becomes what we imagine it to be. Proverbs 23, 7 says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your imagination is a controlling factor in your life. One reason people don't see the word work in their life is because they, they just read it and don't see it in their lives. If you concentrate on what the devil is trying to tell you, you'll get depressed. Maybe some of you are like that today. You're allowing your thoughts to kill your vision. Stop it. You deserve better than that. Don't concentrate on the negative. Concentrate on the positive and what God says. Uh, Brent's got something I wanted to ask him to read. Before he does, uh, I wanted to tell you an example of this. Uh, I've had two examples in my life where uh, what I was believing for became more real than the circumstances that was actually going on. One of them, I started having some uh, physical problems uh, and they thought it was bladder infections or I don't know if they even entertained the thought of a stone or not. But I took one medication after another and I just kept having problems. I kept hurting and I kept hurting. And I decided that I was going to believe God. And I wanted to go somewhere where someone had an anointing and could pray for me and believe with me. So I... Uh, read a lot of scriptures on healing and we went somewhere and the person that we went had prayed for me they had prayed for me once before and God had used them to bless me tremendously so my faith though was not in them it was my faith was in the word of God for him to do what he said he will do but I believe that this person was going to be an instrument in him using, in me receiving that. So we went, and I got in the prayer line at the end. And I knew just, I knew that I knew that God was going to correct whatever this was in my body that I was struggling with and it was hurting so much and I believed he was going to do it then I saw myself as I was in that prayer line I saw myself without this pain not, not having this at all so when she came to me I was ready it was a lady and uh, she lightly laid her hands on me and prayed for me and that was it well we went back home I went back to work and about a day or two after that, I got a call from the doctor's office, and it was a nurse. And she said, doctor wants to see you right away. Can you come? Thought, yeah, I guess so. So I got off and went. And uh, I got in the room, sat on that little examination table, and the doctor came in, and he said, uh, I owe you an apology. He said, I... 
I should have looked more closely at the test that I had made. He said, but I didn't, because he said, when, before you left, I had you do an ultrasound, and that where they put the cream on you. Mm, yeah. yeah. And he said, I had an ultrasound made. And he said, I've got the results of that ultrasound in my hands. And he said, you have a, you have a kidney stone, a large kidney stone. I said, no, I don't. He said, what do you mean, no, you don't? Have you passed it? I said, no. God just took it away. And he said, listen, if I can see you maybe passing it, but I, it was big enough that you would have known that if you passed it, so I don't understand this. I said, I choose, chose to believe the Word of God. And I went and had somebody pray for me that believed. And God just took it away. So he got my chart and took a red pen and he wrote on there, dismissed in red. I never had another problem. I never had to go back about a kidney stone. God took care of it. Uh, something else that I stood on that uh, could be classified, I guess, as mountain moving faith. Just real quick, it was when I was single. And I knew I wanted to be married. I knew that I needed a godly husband. I couldn't pick him out. I tried and picked out the wrong one. So, you know, I needed God to give me a godly mate. So I wrote down scriptures pertaining to this need. And I read them till I just memorized them. And I would pray those scriptures. Lord, I thank you that none shall like a maid and your spirit will draw a man. That, that's a scripture. I thank you, God, you meet my needs and you give me the desires of my heart. Thank you for meeting my need for a godly mate. And I said these scriptures every day. Well, something happened. The more I said those scriptures, the more I began to think, hey, these are the words of Christ. I can stand on this. This is God speaking. And faith began to build. And I won't go any further short, but God really did it with this wonderful godly man here that he gave me. And it's so wonderful when God does it. Yeah, you have things that happen because the devil comes to try to steal, kill, and destroy. But if Christ is first in your heart and in your lives, you will overcome it. Frank, would you tell them about the mountain moving faith that you uh, was telling me about? Remember, you heard the story of the man that had a church and it was a he wouldn't expand oh, the parking lot. Right? Yeah, there was a church up um, up north somewhere and around in the mountain areas, and they just completed a building a new little sanctuary on some property they'd acquired and there was still room left on the on the property for them to expand their parking which they were going to need to do but there was a pretty good size hill on that part of the land and it would have had to have been flattened out or removed in order to put in the parking lot so the little uh, church there they got together and they started praying about it 
they needed somebody to move the mountain. <laughs> well, it wasn't too long until a contractor from a, a neighboring town came by and stopped off there and was talking with the pastor. And they said they needed a certain number of yards of dirt in order to complete a construction project that they had going. And he asked the pastor if they could have that mountain, that little hill of dirt on their property. And he said, yes, of course. And they came in with their trucks and their bulldozers and they pulled out all the dirt they need and left the ground flat and level for them. And they were able to install their park, their parking, the rest of their parking lot there. So that was a case of God literally moving a mountain for them. Isn't God good? He's amazing. He's amazing, isn't he? Frank, you had something else, too, you wanted to well, share. Well, again, from Andrew Womack, in this case, his book is entitled God Wants You Well, and this is a testimony of about someone having to deal with doubt. A man and his 12-year-old daughter came to one of our services. She was in a wheelchair and basically a vegetable alive and breathing but she couldn't communicate and her mind wasn't working and the body didn't function at 12 years of age she was still using diapers during the service i said something about it being god's will to heal every time her father became offended and left but the person who had brought him to the service convinced him to stick around until after the service and he said perhaps you misunderstood what andrew meant Maybe he could explain himself, so he decided to stay, but he was still pretty angry. And I told him, it is God's will to heal your daughter. And he answered, God made my daughter this way. It's his will. Well, I understood why he said that. It was a defensive mechanism. It grieved him to see his daughter in that condition. And I'm sure he had prayed, but he hadn't seen any results. So he just assumed that it was God's will and that the Lord had some plan for his daughter to be like that. So I began to teach him from the scriptures that that wasn't true. Well, he threw scriptures back at me trying to justify his position. I thought he was misinterpreting the scriptures and he thought I was misinterpreting mine. And we were at a standstill and he was still very angry. Well, he was standing behind his daughter at the back of the wheelchair. She was in between us. I was desperate to get this man to understand that God wanted that daughter healed. And I figured I had nothing to lose since he was already angry with me. So finally, I just laid into him and I said, what kind of a father are you anyway? What kind of father wants his daughter to be a quadriplegic, a vegetable bound to the wheelchair all her life? She'll never get to play or be married or have any of the joys of life. What kind of a man are you? Well, the guy was already hot, but the steam started to rise. He could have beat me up, and I'm sure he considered it, but he looked at me with rage in his eyes, answered, I would do anything to help my daughter get well. If there was an operation, I'd spend any amount of money. If I could take her place and become like her so she could be normal, I would do it. I'd do anything to get her healed. And after he spouted all of that, I looked him straight in the eye and said, And you think God, who has all power, loves your daughter less than you do? Well, that stopped him stone cold. He had a doctrine and an argument. He'd been taught wrong that God puts sickness and disease on people. 
obviously loved his daughter and would have done anything for her. There were no length he wouldn't go to to produce healing. So I turned the tables and challenged him, and I said, You think God, who the Bible says is love, God is love, that he loves your daughter any less than you do? He could argue doctrine, but not when I brought it down to love, because God is love. 1 John 4, 8. If you really understood and believed how much God loves you, your faith would shoot through the roof, believing that God heals you. It's not the Lord who hasn't who isn't healed. It's us who haven't understood and received it. We need to understand just how much God loves us. We need to focus and meditate on that love for us. And that alone would work wonders for your faith. And that's why we emphasize Scripture is so important in getting rid of doubt and building your faith when you understand just how much the Father loves you and His creation. It changes everything. Sometimes we have such a load of doubt and misunderstanding that it's difficult for that concept to get through. But pray about that. Ask the Lord to reveal to you personally just how much He does love you. Uh, Frank, I just thought about something else we had happen in our lives that was sort of mountain-moving faith. When we first got married, I had a double-wide mobile home, and he had a, a single-wide. Single yeah. And we had to sell his and get a pretty good price out of it. And it as was well a, as selling it was yours, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a mess and, by then. And, and sell the, the double-wide that we was living, I was living in. We had to sell them both to have the money to do a house. Well, we advertised it a little bit, and we found somebody that was interested, and they come out and looked at it. And bottom line was they were very interested in it. And they said that they would take it. And we was all thrilled. And then I got to thinking about the things that was wrong with it that I didn't point out to them. So I called her back over there. And I went through the house and showed, like, this shelf, you know, is broke. And, and this needs this. Is this faucet drips, yada, yada. I just told her all the things. And... When I got through, she said, Honey, that doesn't matter. She said, We love to, my husband especially, tinker and fix things up. She said, This, he will love fixing it up. This is the home we believe we're supposed to have, and we're going to pay you what we agreed, no less. That was God. Yeah, he was moving those mountains yeah. out of the way. So he it, moved that mountain out of our way. So we'd be in a position to be able to get the house that we have now. And then he led us to it. Yeah, led us right to it. Well, it's starting to, about time to close out the program. But, um, we want to pray for you. Father, we ask that those who have heard this word, that they will take it seriously. And they will consider that you really do love them. And Lord, I'm asking you to show them personally. Reveal yourself. Reveal your love. And we ask it in Jesus' name. God bless you. This is Bobby. And Frank.
saying God loves you, my friend, and so do we. See you next week. This program was produced by the Overcomers Ministry, a nonprofit corporation. We have a team of loving, caring prayer warriors that will intercede over your request, pray, and email you back. Contact us at intercedingprayer at yahoo.com. This is Frank. And this is Bobby. Thank Thank you you for for listening. listening.